Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein, and today I'm delighted to have Trish Damkerger, Vice President and General Manager of High Performance Computing in the Data Platform Group at Intel, back in the studio with me. Welcome back, Trish. Thanks. So, Trish, this is a very interesting time to be podcasting, and obviously we are not in a studio together. We are in our respective homes because of the COVID-19 quarantine, but it's so poignant in terms of talking to you about HPC right now, and I'm glad we're getting this chance. Why is HPC so important for moments like this, and what is Intel doing to help the scientific community? Great question. I think HPC was, you know, made for situations exactly like this when you need answers quickly, when you need answers to things that you can't test or you're not able to. And so I think this is a great example of that. When we look at one of the first things that Intel did was with Lenovo and the Beijing Genomics Institute. And we helped get them some resources quickly so that they could start doing the genomic analysis of this new virus and come up with better ways to help design vaccines and other protective measures. So when you look at what a lot of the HPC resources are doing right now, is trying to understand the fundamentals, the underlying characteristics of COVID-19, and then what are the options for vaccines, coming up with what would work, and then ultimately also looking at things like spread. What is the spread of it? We've seen a lot of these articles in the newspapers that are talking about the potential. Those are all done on HPC resources. So whether it's looking at how it's spreading or how we can ultimately get that vaccine for this virus is all based on high-performance computing. Now, obviously, we have invested in a collaboration with Lenovo and the Beijing Genomics Institute to speed up that research, but that's not the only place where we're engaging deeply with high-performance computing leaders to help. When you look at the opportunity that this represents to really shine a light on HPC in terms of its importance to scientific discovery, what have you sensed in the HPC arena and the community of folks who manage and operate these large supercomputers? Well, the thing that I think is incredibly humbling is the way that these centers have gone all in. So whether it's the cloud service providers or even the DOE, the NSF resources, they are opening up cycles and getting the researchers on to help speed along the discovery of the vaccine and understanding. So Intel has been intimately involved. We're working with getting more servers and resources to these big compute centers. We're looking at how we can help them understand the actual disease. So we're donating our technical resources for people to go in and help with the actual HPC researchers. 
We even have our folks on their own time, you know, looking at how can we optimize these new codes so that they run even better on the servers and the machines. So across the board, everybody has jumped in and as a big community to ensure that we are putting the resources and the priorities needed to make a difference as quickly as possible. Now, obviously, these types of capabilities, if opened up and democratized, would enable even more scientific discovery. And I know that that is a focus of your team at Intel and how to democratize HPC. What does that mean to democratize HPC? And what kind of impact do you think that would drive to society? Well, I think that just understanding how high-performance computing can help accelerate discovery, bring products to market faster, could help all businesses. And one of the biggest challenges that people have had in the past with high-performance computing is the ability to have those compute resources and the technical staff to use them. We find, and as I mentioned, the cloud service providers are now starting to implement and have high-performance computing instances, which is helping those small and medium businesses overcome one of those hurdles of actually having access to these resources. If you look at what's happening, I would say 2019 was kind of that tipping point we see for HPC in the cloud. And we're seeing more and more of small and medium businesses looking at HPC in the cloud. We're looking at about a $5.5 billion spent on HPC in the public clouds by 2022. This is a 24% CAGR. So you can see how it's growing in the accessibility of HPC resources to help everybody from that small business all the way up to the bigger businesses. And those bigger businesses, they're really looking at using HPC in the cloud for burst capacity. They're not going to give up their mission-critical on-prem resources, but this gives them the ability to burst different workloads to take advantage of the resources out there. When you think about the differences between HPC in the cloud and traditional high-performance compute clusters and a lot of the things that we talk about with the top 500, what constitutes a kind of workload that would fit into a cloud scenario and which types of workloads really require dedicated infrastructure close to the scientists? And how do you determine what is appropriate for each implementation? That's a great question. And I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer. Mm-hmm. But there's some criteria or some things that you can look at in your workloads to see if they would work in the cloud. You know, obviously those things that are easily paralyzable will work better in the cloud. A lot of the cloud instances do not have the high performance fabric. And that's key. So as far as low latency communication, so that usually is kept on prem. A lot of people are also concerned still about security. And so, or those mission critical items that they're not going to send off to the cloud. But some examples that have been very successful in the cloud are things like bioinformatics. They have been using as long as you have enough memory on the node. The bioinformatics work seems to work very well and is easily paralyzable. 
regulations and fraud detection and stuff like that. The insurance agencies have been starting to send those types of workloads to the cloud. So there's examples in probably all the different verticals where they're looking at opportunities to send stuff to the cloud. But again, we're still in that beginning, so I don't think we have this clear-cut answer of what would be the best workload or not to send to the cloud. And when you look at the types of infrastructure that we're building with our partners and the underlying technology that starts with our Xeon processors and scales with our full silicon portfolio. What are you most excited about that Intel is delivering as our unique contribution to this arena? And how does that get us to the point where we're scaling HPC capability, both from a standpoint of scale out in the cloud and scale up to exascale with large supercomputer announcements like the H21 system we announced last year? So I think... Intel has the unique advantage of our software ecosystem. There is so much that we are doing in order to enable that hardware. And one of the announcements made last year was One API, where your hardware would become agnostic to your overall software framework, which I think will help a lot in moving us forward and to include FPGAs, GPUs, CPUs, et cetera, into your architecture. So that's one thing that I get very excited about and what Intel provides. The other thing is things like just going out to the edge. So traditional modeling and simulation is what we've always known as HPC. But if you hear me talk long enough, I'll tell you the new definition of HPC is modeling and simulation high-performance data analytics, and artificial intelligence. And I think some of the exciting things that we're doing with HPC at the edge is going to be game-changing. I mean, I'll give you an example of a smart city. In Bangkok, Thailand, they're using smart cameras at traffic intersections, and these are all running on Intel Core processors to optimize the traffic signal timing to improve traffic flow. So pretty basic thing that you can do. Now, you wouldn't think that would be a huge savings, but what they've been able to do by tracking these cameras is they've been able to reduce the queue length in these intersections by over 30%. And this is saving more than 50,000 vehicle commuter hours. Now, of course, we're working from home, so we're probably saving a lot more than that, right? But when we do go Mm -hmm. back to work, the ability to just just those simple little things in smart cities, and that's just such a basic, simple thing. But what we can do to take that smart city beyond traffic cameras and really take it to that next level where we can help ambulances find the best routes to get to the hospital where we can, you know, really start using HPC and those resources to do some critical infrastructure that's so necessary to help cities work better. That's awesome. And that's such an incredible example of technology where you're delivering it at the point of highest return in terms of delivering it to where the data resides rather than having to move all of that data back to a data center. So very cool. Final question for you, Trish, and I try to ask you about this, but, you know, obviously there's a tremendous amount of growth 
in the HPC arena. What are we doing to help continue driving diversity into the future leadership of high-performance computing and STEM? Great. Another, you know, one of my very passionate topics is about women in STEM. And I think we all need to make an effort to have that happen. We were going to have our very first women in HPC conference this April. And due to the coronavirus, it has been postponed. But I think those are great examples of where we can bring the community together, both men and women, and really talk about how to develop not just the place where people feel included and safe environments for everybody. And Mm -hmm. this is where we do a lot of the mentoring of those up-and-comers. I love the Grace Hopper Conference, which just amazing opportunity to talk to high school kids all the way up to people you know, pretty senior in their careers that are still needing to hear the environment and just the support system of fellow women and make it an inclusive place to be. I think it's part of all of our jobs to create an inclusive environment. And we need to do that even more in the STEM education because we really need more and more engineers with all of the challenges we have ahead of us. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for spending time with us, Trish. Keep going out there and doing the good work. It's never been so important. One final question for you. If folks want to engage with you in the team, where would you send them for more information about what we're doing with high-performance computing and to connect with you? I would recommend either the Intel website at intel.com backslash HPC, but then also my Twitter account at Trish underscore Dam Kroger would be great. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. I hope to talk to you again real soon. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash big data, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization.